Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. I'm Parker Shaw, and with the help of my team and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. My name is Parker, and I'm joining you from Ogden Clinic's marketing team. And I'm joined today by one of our new providers, Jenna Bradfield. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us today. We're happy to have you on the podcast. Hi. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, yeah, we're so happy to have you here. So, Jenna, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're practicing, what you do, what's your title, kind of just the details about who you are and where you're at? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like you said, my name is Jenna Bradfield. I'm a physician assistant who has joined the neurology team. Um, I'm originally from down in Lemington, Utah. It's a small, tiny town, about 300 people. That's where I grew up. And then I went to undergrad down at Southern Utah University, played volleyball there, and then I went to Albuquerque, New Mexico for PA school. Um, And then I spent a few months working in family practice prior to starting in neurology, where I am now. Um, And then, sorry, what was your follow-up question to that? Oh, um, just remind us what clinic you're at. Yeah, so I am at the Ogden Clinic Professional Center North building. It's the big building on Harrison across from McKady. We're located upstairs in the second floor. That was great. It's so fun to hear about you. I didn't know that you had like gone to school, in uh, PA school in New Mexico. That's awesome. And fun to hear that you play volleyball as well. We were talking before we started that Jenna has also been learning pickleball. Are there any other sports that you like to play? Recently trying to get more into mountain biking. Yeah, no, mountain biking is a blast. And as long as you do it safely, it is, it is so much fun and such great exercise too. Hard, hard on the legs for sure. I remember my first time going, um, I was like dying going up the hill, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So that's so fun to hear you like to do that. Um, what are some common things that you see in the neurology specialty? Um, so I am specializing primarily in headaches. Dr. Piercy, who is the physician that I am working most closely with, she is seeing a broad variety from MS to Parkinson's to headaches, but patients with headaches is a large pop or a large majority of the population and there's a lot of people who are really struggling with severe and difficult and even daily headaches and so that's kind of where i'm filling in right now i'm i'm um seeing primarily headache patients and of those it's almost um i wouldn't say entirely but a large majority of them are chronic migraine patients Interesting. Yeah, I'm so, well, it's crazy that, you know, that is such a problem. And I think, you know, anybody, you know, that you talk to can think of somebody that they know that is affected by headaches or migraines or one or the other. Um, and I'm glad that you brought that up because that's actually the topic that we're going to be talking about today. Um, but before we jump into that, I wanted to ask um, in your time as a physician's assistant or um, in, med- uh, in PA school, did you have a? Did you ever have a memo, excuse me a memorable experience or a memorable patient that you helped that or that's helped change the way you practiced or changed your life? Yeah, I would say actually just kind of recent recently with a lot of the patients that we we've, we've been seeing here at the Ogden Clinic, there has been some cases where the patients come in in just horrible pain from their headaches. They're often our chronic migraine patients. They come in and they're just miserable. They've been 
having the same headache for several days. They can barely open their eyes and they come in and we do um, trigger point injections where we kind of basically numb their head and go in in certain locations and put numbing medicine. Um, and they walk out of here feeling so much better and they can actually open their eyes and, and they always just kind of go on about how much different they feel before and after. And that's something that has really impacted me and is fulfilling and it's, you know, kind of satisfying when you leave a patient feeling that much better. So that's something I've really enjoyed lately. That's really cool. That's so fun. And I, th I think it's just, you know, you get to see the people whose lives you're changing and see that, you know, overall change as they leave the door. I think that's, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. So um, I wanted to just get into the topic of the day, which was we wanted to talk about headaches. And it's, you know, so great that you get to help so many people and patients that are dealing with that. Just to start off, what are some common causes of headaches that you're seeing in the patients that you're seeing? There's a lot of causes, a lot of triggers that people identify for migraines and headaches. I did want to say the just about chronic migraines in general, the World Health Organization did do a study about just the global burden of disease. In, um, and what they found is that that study demonstrated that migraine is the seventh most disabling medical illness in the world. And wow. they also found that headaches in general are the number one most disabling neurologic disease. So it's really surprising how many people really suffer from this and how it impacts their lives and really, you know, disables them, makes them, makes it hard for them to go to work and it lasts for days and days. So that's kind of a surprising yeah, I, I think just hearing that, even just like hearing the word debilitating, and I know that I feel really lucky because I don't get headaches very often, but I do know, you know, some people in my family, co-workers that deal with, you know, some of the most extreme like migraine pain and how it really just shuts people down sometimes. And it's crazy. I didn't know it was that that common or, or su had such a big impact globally, but so crazy that you, it does influence so many people and, and can affect so many aspects of their lives. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And they did a, um, another study on, yeah, the frequency of, of reported causes and kind of triggers. And we tell our patients all the time that stress and lack of sleep are the two most common causes that we see in our patients. And in this study, the reported frequency of stress being identified as a possible trigger was like 80% of the time people can identify stress, 50% of the time lack of sleep, and then other things like fasting, like not eating um, frequently enough, that was identified almost 60% of the time. Um, menstruating or menstrual cycles in women was identified 65% of the time, and then other things like weather changes, uh, visual stimuli like flashing lights, there's lots of things. and when people are this sensitive and, and suffering from this level of headache, all kinds of things can really cause cause their headaches. Yeah, wow, and you know, as you say those things, I feel like they're things that really make a lot of sense when you boil it down. It's, you know, those things that we need, but I think sometimes our society and culture really pushes us to 
maybe live in a way that we are a little more stressed than we should be or we are overexerting ourselves and not getting the rest that we need because we're trying to fulfill so much so many duties and responsibilities and and work really hard um and i think like you mentioned fasting diet those sort of things i can totally understand um so it totally makes sense everything that you mentioned i think it's just sometimes i think our lifestyle really can influence so i I don't know our our health so much more than we think sometimes yeah for sure i really feel for the patients that um have stressful jobs or work night shifts or something, and they just can't really control the factors that are contributing to their headaches, that's when it's a pretty tough situation. Yeah, oh, for sure. And so I guess maybe a follow-up question to that. Um, sounds like We'll talk about some treatments and, su- and such here maybe a little bit later. Um, so maybe I'll ask that question then. Um, we talked about some of the causes, and it sounds like some of those may be related to different populations as well. Is there a primary population that has more is more affected by headaches than others? Um, yeah, we see it more often in women than men, for sure. And it's about 12% of the population is what they've found um, really suffer with headaches. And then we see patients kind of all ages, varying from the adolescent years up to kind of elderly patients. But the most common age range that has been studied and you know revealed to be most prevalent is the 30 to 39 year olds Mm -hmm. and then it's also more common it kind of we do know that it runs in families and things like that so we see quite a bit of variety but we see a lot of patients like that for sure as well yeah oh for sure yeah that's really interesting i didn't know that that was that age range was affected as much so that's kind of crazy fun things to look forward to i'm approaching 30 and so um hopefully hopefully that's not something that i experience. but i can totally see you know there's so many more factors and, and health things that come with age so moving on what are some common treatments that you guys use to help people with severe headache yeah so once people get to the point where they are having more than 15 headache days per month over a few months, or they're having more than eight migraines a month, that's kind of when they're in the chronic um, migraine diagnosis, essentially. And so from there, putting, just trying to treat the headaches individually is not going to help enough. It's kind of like putting a Band-Aid on the problem. And so once, once their headaches are at that frequency and severity, we really have to start a preventative medication. And we luckily we have a lot of different preventative medicines, a wide variety of um, oral medicines that they can take daily, or we even have things like a monthly injection or Botox injections every three months. So there's things like that we use to try and prevent headaches, decrease headache um, severity and frequency. And then at that point you can use things other medicines like that what we call rescue medicines or abortive medications that is more like um, the band-aid i was referencing earlier those ones work better when you just have one or two headaches here and there because they're effectively prevented so that's how we usually approach it yeah that's great and it's it's nice that there's so many different methods and it sounds like you know the solution is catered to the needs of each individual patient and what they're experiencing and going through Um, I wanted to maybe talk about each of those a little bit differently. One that really stands out to me that sounds maybe a little bit intimidating are the injections. And could you kind of just walk me through 
maybe the process and is it a scary thing for patients to get that done or when should somebody consider that as a treatment option? Um, the Botox injections or the monthly or both? Maybe both. Yeah. Yeah. So both of them are good options for headache prevention, especially if, um, number one, if people have tried and failed the preventative medications, like the oral medications. And then number two, if they're, they would rather not take daily medications, having just a monthly one injection a month or coming in every three months for Botox injections is a good way to kind of hopefully be able to avoid the daily pill. But um, everyone's different and everyone kind of finds a, the right combination of, of medications. Like the, it is like you said, tailoring it to each person. Um, it kind of, we treat the company the headache keeps is what we say. So if, if people um, are not sleeping well enough and they also have a lot of muscle tightness, then we could try a muscle relaxer or something like that. Or if it's more about nerve sensitivity, we could try a different medication that kind of targets that. Or if it's, you know, anxiety, depression associated along with the headaches, there are some medications that can kind of tackle both of those. And they also, you know, so those are reasons why we start the medications or the oral medications. But then the monthly injections are really nice. Like I was saying, it's just once a month. Usually those ones have less side effects, which is nice. But typically the barrier to getting to those is um, like insurance. Insurance usually wants us to try a few of the medications first. And then once we've tried a few other medicines, that's when we talk more about the Botox and the injections. And yeah, the Botox, some patients do kind of find it intimidating because it is multiple little injections. Um, it's actually a total of 31 injections. We follow a certain protocol, but it does, it sounds worse than it is. It takes less than five minutes and it's, we just put a little, little tiny bit of medication in each spot and it's been studied. It's called the preempt protocol in these certain locations that's been found to be most effective at the headache prevention. And yeah, people come in every three months because that's about how long the medication works. And usually it's, it's really well tolerated. Okay, so it's, it's, it sounds like it's maybe a little scarier than it actually is, like most procedures. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's cool. Thanks for giving us some more details about that. I know you kind of alluded to this with um, your last answer, but is there a treatment that seems to have the best long-term success? Yeah, it's kind of a, a combination of all of the options and then just finding what's best for each individual patient. Because, yeah, it kind of depends on what their triggers are and and the characteristics of their headaches. I do think if um, a patient is successful on Botox, that that can be a really good option for them. And it it can tends to be very successful for the people that it, it works for for initially. So that's one um, really good treatment option. And then also some other, luckily we do have a lot of a variety of different headache preventative medications. And so usually the odds of finding the right one for the, for each patient are high. Awesome. That's way cool. 
So jumping back to what we were talking about at the beginning, um, we were talking, you talked about some of the different causes of, of headaches and some of those may be attributed to lifestyle. Do you guys, um, how do I phrase this? Give me a sec. Um, is it common to encourage lifestyle changes or any sort of um, interventions in that respect before taking a, a medical approach or a treatment with medicine or injections? I'm, and maybe that's not super related, but I just was wondering if that's something that you suggest to patients and um, something that maybe people that are at home can maybe try before coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. Um, we do suggest a variety of things. Um, obviously, kind of how we were talking about stress and lack of sleep. So we talk about um, sleep hygiene, trying to get eight to 10 hours of sleep and trying to go to bed, wake up at the same time every day. Things like hydration, drinking a lot of water, and then also trying to avoid drinking too much caffeine because withdrawal headaches can worsen um, the problem. So we usually say, you know, 50 milligrams of caffeine a day is probably okay. 100 milligrams is probably too much. Um, or 100 milligrams is probably neutral, and then above that is probably too much. And then exercise is always encouraged. Nutrition can be a big, a big factor for some people. They notice like eating too many fats or sugars can be triggers. Um, and then there's some supplements that we also recommend, like. Uh, magnesium oxide which mm-hmm. people can take daily and that um, it, it works as a stool softener so that's a side effect for you if you were to take it so watch out for that but it can be helpful <laughs> for headaches and then also coenzyme right. coenzyme q10 is something that we recommend as well it kind of has a good um, effect on some of our patients and awesome. that, the one other thing that a lot of patients don't think about is um, taking ibuprofen and, and Tylenol and things like that too often can contribute to what's called medication overuse headache, where if you're taking just over-the-counter medicine all the time for your headache, it's it could um, kind of help the headache you have today, but then it may contribute to the headache you have tomorrow. So that's something for people at home to think about if they are self-treating their headaches. Yeah. Oh, that's, and I didn't know about that either. Those are some really awesome suggestions and I think some great tips for our listeners at home. So I guess that leads us to our last question, which is when should a patient come into clinic to be seen by you or the neurology team if they are experiencing headache or migraines? Usually if patients are just having one or two headaches or migraines a month, um, we usually recommend starting with their primary care and they can often you know, give some good, good options, good suggestions to kind of help take care of that headache pain. But once it gets to the point where you're having over 15 days of headaches or over eight migraines a month, or if you're having kind of abnormal um, associated symptoms like numbness, tingling, or a lot of vision changes that are kind of seen with like aura prior to a headache, those are times that we like to see patients more so and then um the third thing is if uh their other medications are no longer working that's a good time to come see us okay yeah those are some great suggestions and awesome awesome content that you shared with us today i think 
um, it's a great take home lesson of some things that we can do ourselves and some great considerations to take in um, to account if you are one that is suffering from headaches. So everybody, thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been Jenna Bradfield. She's one of our newest um, providers at our prof professional center North location for our neurology specialists. Um, Jenna, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have had you. Thanks, Parker. Yeah, I appreciate it. Perfect. For more information about Jenna or any of our other neurology specialists, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. And thanks for listening to The Daily Diagnosis. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic, our providers, or locations, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. If you're listening today from Apple Podcasts app, make sure you leave us a review or subscribe so you can receive more information about the different episodes that we post. We love getting feedback from our audience, so those reviews are priceless to us. If you also would like to shout us out on social media, our Instagram handle is at Ogden Clinic. You can also send us a DM if there's a topic that you would like our providers to cover, and we really look forward to hearing from you. We post episodes weekly, so tune in next week, and we can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week.